back on 11. Are you trying to call? The cockpit is not answering their phone. Our number one is in staff, and our five is in staff. Hey, I'm going to call from Washington. I have a situation with a man who learned a possible hijack. What's going on, Betty? The crap is erratic again. Problem, where are you ready?
Good evening. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. The pictures of airplanes flying into buildings, fires burning, huge, huge structures collapsing, have filled us with disbelief, terrible sadness, and a quiet, unyielding anger. These acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat. But they have failed. Our country is strong. A great people has been moved to defend a great nation. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings, but they cannot touch the foundation of America. These acts shatter steel, but they cannot dent the steel of American resolve. America was targeted for attack because we're the brightest beacon for freedom and opportunity in the world. And no one will keep that light from shining. Today, our nation saw evil, the very worst of human nature. And we responded with the best of America, with the daring of our rescue workers, with the caring of, for strangers and neighbors who came to give blood and help in any way they could. Immediately following the first attack, I implemented our government's emergency response plans. Our military is powerful and it's prepared. Our emergency teams are working in New York City and Washington, D.C. to help with local rescue efforts. Our first priority is to get help to those who have been injured and to take every precaution to protect our citizens at home and around the world from further attacks. The functions of our government continue without interruption. Federal agencies in Washington, which had to be evacuated today, are reopening for essential personnel tonight and will be open for business tomorrow. Our financial institutions remain strong and the American economy will be open for business as well. The search is underway for those who are behind these evil acts. I've directed the full resources of our intelligence and law enforcement communities to find those responsible and to bring them to justice. We will make no distinction between the terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbor them. I appreciate so very much the members of Congress who have joined me in strongly condemning these attacks. And on behalf of the American people, I thank the many world leaders who have called to offer their condolences and assistance. America and our friends and allies join with all those who want peace and security in the world. And we stand together to win the war against terrorism. Tonight, I ask for your prayers for all those who grieve, for the children whose worlds have been shattered, for all whose sense of safety and security has been threatened. And I pray they will be comforted by a power greater than any of us, spoken through the ages in Psalm 23. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. This is a day when all Americans from every walk of life unite in our resolve for justice and peace. America has stood down any enemies before, and we will do so this time. None of us will ever forget this day, yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world. Thank you, good night, and God bless America. So have we as a nation honored those victims 20 years later? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Uh, all right, so the question I asked there before the break, have we as a nation honored those victims? There was a piece at... Uh, the Federalist, I believe this is, uh, by yeah, by uh, Ben Weingarten, who grew up in New York and uh, talked about how he was in eighth grade at the time that 9-11 happened, and kids would hear their names be called over the PA loudspeaker, and they would uh, be called down to the principal's office, and they were getting the worst news of their life. And some of those kids ended up, uh, you know, with parents that had perished, 
some of them ended up with parents that did come home, but they were told at the time, like, this is what had happened. They were told individually. And he says, it's those families that I think of and every American should think of as we reflect on 9-11 and our country's response to it. He says, as a country, we have dishonored them and those who have fallen in the decades since while fighting in their name with policies that have undermined America's national interest abroad and our freedom at home, epitomizing our failure is the calamitous Afghanistan withdrawal in which we outsourced American security to and are now partnering with the very Taliban who had supplanted, that we had supplanted in the immediate response to 9-11. We had armed it with American weaponry while leaving behind an indeterminate number of Americans and importing tens of thousands of unvetted Afghans. This is the equity agenda applied to foreign affairs. The nation-building charade that came before the withdrawal also epitomizes the failure. We originally dislodged the Taliban only to help draft a Sharia-subordinate constitution that helped build an anti-democracy. We aimed to graft Western liberalism onto a traditionally Islamic tribal backwater while lavishing on thugs billions of dollars in order to try to keep order and asking our troops to turn the other way on the most unspeakable of acts. We did it all at the cost of thousands of lives, tens of thousands of casualties, trillions of dollars. This was paternalistic progressivism applied to foreign affairs. Consider, we sent men and women to fight and die to bring primitive pre-civilizational Islamists gender studies in response to jihadist attacks. Now our leaders are running a domestic counterterrorism strategy that targets, as a particularly acute a threat, uh, the very same men and women that we sent to fight and die. This should outrage every American. The way we have dishonored those who died because they had the temerity to live free and because others cannot abide that and want us to submit. He goes on to say, that if we could do it all over again after 9-11, we would have plotted our response by first studying the enemy, knowing his threat doctrine. And over time, we explicitly forbade that, purging materials that described what jihadists believe and why they believe it. Since 9-11, on a practical level, was an immigration failure, we would have frozen immigration immediately and put in place laws to ensure that Islamists and their aiders, abettors, and enablers could not enter the country. Instead, since 2001... We've imported immigrants from majority Muslim countries en masse. Foreign-born terrorists have continued to perpetrate attacks against America, and now we are learning that an estimated hundred or so Afghan evacuees today have been flagged for terror ties. What rational or sane country would respond as we have, knowing the wreckage that less than two dozen determined jihadists inflicted? Since the strong horse rules in the Islamic world... We would have responded to 9-11 with overwhelming force in select situations as a signal to anybody who would dare endanger us or harbor those who would, that any threat to the U.S. would be uh, mercilessly eliminated. Instead, we got mired down in an endless and obviously futile project to make Islamist bastions of Jeffersonian democracy. In our political correctness, sheer naivete, and useful idiocy, We even changed the name of the original operation so as to not offend Islamic sensibilities. Our worst enemies could have asked for nothing more than what we have given them, 
to expend maximum blood and treasure in pursuit of goals that were ever-shifting and unreachable, if ever identified. America, exceptional in the history of mankind, must be loved, cherished, and defended. That's Ben Weingarten at The Federalist. We head on over to the WBT News Center now. Mark Muller. News Talk 1110 WBT 852 The Time. A plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. It's in exploding right now, Tommy. We're seeing another, was, another Apparently plane. that was another plane. We have a witness. We just BBC Live. We just witnessed on CBS and ABC on television. Another plane has now crashed into the World Trade Center. Uh, it would appear purposeful. Let's oh go back. We just witnessed some kind of secondary uh, follow-up explosion on the World Trade Center number two. The one that is... Associated Press is reporting that a plane... It was a plane that crashed at the Pentagon, and the Pentagon is being evacuated. Today, America has experienced one of the greatest tragedies ever witnessed on our soil. We will not tolerate such acts. American Airlines Flight 11 departed Boston for Los Angeles, hijacked by suspects armed with knives. This plane crashed into the World Trade Center. United Airlines Flight 175 departed Boston for Los Angeles, was hijacked and crashed into the World Trade Center. American Airlines Flight 77 departed Washington Dulles for Los Angeles, was hijacked and crashed into the Pentagon. United Airlines Flight 93 departed Newark for San Francisco, was hijacked and crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Again, what's just happened is that one of the twin towers of the World Trade Center, folks, this is, this is quite an amazing development. One of the towers has fallen. It has collapsed. I'm looking down at the site of what used to be the World Trade Center towers. They're both gone. We're seeing a, a picture of utter devastation. The president was in a uh, school in Sarasota, Florida. A cop aide, a White House Chief of Staff Andy Card, whispered in the president's ear informing him of the incident. And I've ordered that the full resources of the federal government uh, go to help the victims and their families and, the, and to conduct a full-scale investigation to hunt down and to find those folks who committed this act. Terrorism against our nation will not stand. This is Pearl Harbor. We've been attacked by, by what we presume to be uh, foreign um, uh, terrorists. Huge amounts of smoke, uh, black and gray, still pouring out of the Pentagon. Uh, it's still some time now after this plane crashed into it. A witness said that the plane crashed in above the ground level. He thought about the second or third floor went well into the building. Freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless cop. And freedom will be defended. The United States will hunt down and punish those responsible for these cowardly acts. Go now live to the governor of North Carolina, Mike Easley, who is speaking in Raleigh in the governor's press room. There are no known credible threats to North Carolina at this time. We have taken necessary and appropriate security measures in response to the events occurring in Washington, D.C., and New York City. Let's go to Karen Hughes, senior advisor to President Bush, now speaking with reporters. While some federal buildings have been evacuated for security reasons and to protect our workers, your federal government continues to function effectively. We have a federal emergency response plan, and at President Bush's direction, we are implementing it. The financial district of New York City changing. The building disappearing before my eyes for a second time today. First one of the World Trade Towers, now 
seven World Trade Center gone from the skyline of New York City. Today we have watched the tragedy of an outrageous act of barbaric terrorism carried out by fanatics. The Congress stands behind our president and the president speaks with one voice for this entire nation. This is indeed the most tragic hour in America's history. Now is the time for us to come together as a nation to offer our support for every one of us that has been changed forever by this horrible tragedy. We are told between 150 and 200 passengers were stranded at Charlotte's airport a little bit earlier. Obviously, Mayor Pat McCrory has taken to WBT and said, fly the flag if you possibly can. You know, the monitoring the situation and doing every, everything we can and working with the local, state, and federal authorities, we have an excellent team that continues to work very well together here at the Emergency Operations Center. The Red Cross is actively soliciting blood donations in the wake of today's tragedy. Charlottians lined up in large numbers to give blood in response to terrorist attacks in New York and Washington, and more blood donations are likely to be needed for the rest of this week. Thousands are dead, the worst toll in New York, but some survived. The police sources authorities have gotten phone calls from people trapped in the Twin Towers. The man who was the construction manager for the Trade Center, where 50,000 people worked, said the towers could have withstood a plane crashing into it, but 24,000 gallons of aviation fuel melts steel. In terms of the people we're looking for, it's a couple of hundred um, firefighters um, and police officers, which is a staggering number. As far as the number of people in the building, that'll be in the thousands. Meanwhile, residents are putting American flags on front porches and lawns. James Brown of Medford Acres in East Charlotte says he's put out 98 flags, one for each home in that neighborhood. Our condolences to the families that have lost loved ones and uh, also to show the country what we're behind them. Terrible, terrible tragedy has befallen my nation, but has befallen all the nations of this region, all the nations of the world, and befallen all those who believe in democracy. Once again, we see terrorism we see terrorists people who don't believe in democracy people who believe that with the destruction of buildings with the murder of people they can somehow achieve a political purpose they can destroy buildings they can kill people and we will be saddened by this tragedy but they will never be allowed to kill the spirit of democracy they cannot destroy our society they cannot destroy our belief in the democratic way you can be sure that America will deal with this tragedy in a way that brings those responsible to justice. None of us will ever forget this day, yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world. Thank you, and God bless America. A whole generation has now been born since September 11th, 2001. And so, as Howard Kurtz writes at uh, foxnews.com, the media are right to revisit what happened and examine how it has changed us in the last 20 years because that change has been fundamental, plunging us into a different era from the time that you could just you know rush onto a plane at the last moment. Journalism became increasingly consumed by the controversies that were spawned by 9-11, fierce debates over the war on terrorism, the USA Patriot Act, torture, surveillance, civil liberties, Treatment of Muslims, Abu Ghraib prison, Guantanamo Bay, these all became symbols of this new epoch as much as the fallen Twin Towers were. And our military intervention in Afghanistan, then later Iraq, yielded a national clash over forever wars that continues to this very day. It's a sad bookend 
to our two decades of spending and sacrifice in Afghanistan that we approach this anniversary still scrambling to rescue Americans from a war that we lost and never came close to winning. It took 10 years to get Osama bin Laden, but we persisted in trying to prop up a corrupt government and useless military. 64% of those questions say in a a recent Fox News poll say that 9-11 permanently changed the country. 65% say post-9-11 policies made America safer. 17% 17% say less safe. What do you think? Center uh, would appear purposeful. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack. The most tragic hour in America's history. The city is now closed. The airspace around the city is closed. I could barely breathe. According to the aircraft, has crashed the Pentagon as well. It's an empty impression. Large plane down in western Pennsylvania. It's clearly a coordinated effort. I want a kiss from your lips. This is Pearl Harbor. We've been attacked by terrorists. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I woke up this morning. And we were just in a cloud of darkness. To an empty sky. None of us will ever forget this day. God bless America. Empty sky. Empty sky. I woke up this morning. I'm looking down at the site of what used to be the World Trade Center Towers. They're both gone. I just want to extend our prayers and our thoughts to all those people. We are ready to assist other states in any way we can. The spirit of this nation will not be defeated. I hear the blood of my blood. When America suffers, crying from the ground. We as a Congress and as a government stand united. Empty sky, empty sky. I woke up this morning to the empty sky. I come out of the train and the World Trade Center turns looking up and look up and there, there it is on fire. I woke up this morning to the empty sky. A New York native, I tried to reach my parents. Finally getting through a clogged up network, my mother haltingly told me how my father called her an hour before from his cell phone from Manhattan, where he works. She hadn't heard from him since that second plane hit the towers, and I tried his cell phone for another two hours, and finally reaching him. I told him that I loved him. On the plains of Jordan, the highest honor we can pay them to rise above the evil that claimed their lives. In this hour of adversity, we must eulogize them with our strength. To those who say that our city will never be the same, I say you are right. To the empty sky it will be better. God bless America. Empty sky, empty sky. I woke up this morning to an empty sky. Empty sky, empty sky. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. take, yet we know our cause is just. We will no doubt face new challenges, 
but we have our marching orders. My fellow Americans, let's roll. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Both of those montages that I played coming out of uh, the last two breaks, that's uh, Bo Thompson did both of those. He used to be the imaging guy, did all of the production work and stuff for WBT, and he is a known hoarder of audio and uh, kept all of this audio for 20 years and uh, put packaged these things together almost as long ago. Um, that was his original uh, montage he put together. And then the uh, the one I played before was uh, his sampling of coverage of WBT the day of 9-11. And uh, for those who were uh, listening to that second one that I just played right there, uh, that is my voice that you're hearing in that montage because I was a reporter in the WBT newsroom. And uh, I had actually given my notice. I had quit. And uh, I gave him a month's notice. I said I'd help train my replacement, uh, but I just I didn't see a way to basically make enough money to keep the job. And uh, so I'd given my notice. I went and got my health and life insurance license to sell uh, insurance with a friend of mine who got me uh, lined up with a company. And uh, I was almost out the door. I think my last day was uh, somewhere like September 20th or something like that. And uh I was getting ready to go into that because I was working both jobs. I was getting ready to go into that other uh, job, and I saw the uh, the news report, heard it on the radio, heard Al Gardner, then went and saw the second plane hit, came into the station. There wasn't a lot you could do in the newsroom here because everything had gone national, and the coverage was all national. I remember people running out of the buildings in uptown Charlotte. I remember that. Uh, they thought that they were going to get attacked that the, the nation's bank tower was going to get hit and, um, and went and covered some emergency management, uh, you know, uh, news conferences and the like. But the whole time I knew my dad worked right across the street from the world trade center and try to get a hold of him. You couldn't because back then, 20 years ago, there was like, you know, I think one cell phone tower in all of New York city, it seemed like, and they were all routed. I'm just kidding, but they were all, it was so much of the communications were routed through towers on the, on top of those buildings because they were the tallest buildings. And, um, my dad came home, but so many didn't. And that's why this piece by Ben Weingarten, you know, he's in eighth grade and all of his, you know, half his classmates lose their parents. And you look back now, it's 20 years later, and he's asking how we're supposed to honor the fallen after these 20 years. Like, what do you do? Especially after witnessing what we just witnessed in Afghanistan. And he says we should be America again. Not a decadent, woke, rump cow tower to a gulag state, China. Not a briber of mullocrats that bends over backwards so we don't hurt the feelings of 7th century throat slitters who see weakness as an invitation to attack. Not a nation that puts its warriors through struggle sessions, makes them social workers and babysitters in hellholes, and asks them that they, they do it all while hamstrung with suicidal rules of engagement that privilege their enemies. We should be a nation that cultivates excellence that instills in its people confidence, that creates patriots. America, exceptional in the history of mankind, must be loved, cherished, and defended. 
The U.S. is a great country. It needs defending. If our current trajectory continues apace, there will be little left to defend and even fewer left willing to defend it. Those who have died over these last 20 years must not have died in vain. So let us honor them with how we live. That is a wrap for the episode. I appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. Brett Winterville coming up next on News Talk 1110-993-WBT. And I will talk with you on Monday. And uh, don't break anything while I'm gone.